Have you ever thought about the complexities of telling your own story? Like, how many details to share and what parts of your life should you even recount? It took me weeks to prepare for this episode. Doubt filled my mind like, why do I think people want to hear my story in the first place and how can I craft this in a way that benefits others? I wrote and rewrote until eventually I got past the how does this benefit other people part and remembered three things that I know to be true. First, it's cathartic for me to share my stories, regardless of who does or doesn't listen. Second, vulnerability is valuable, not only for myself, but for others too. And third, as you'll learn in the story to follow, this is me breaking my own patterns. So I reframed. I found it helpful to frame my storytelling as if the stories themselves were state or national parks. Let's take Zion, for example. When you get to Zion, there are many trails to choose from. Some are short and easy, offering a leisurely hiking experience. Others offer gorgeous views at the expense of breaking just a mild sweat. And then there are strenuous trails, trails that require physical and mental preparation and have you saying, oh shit, as you climb up the side of the cliff. So in reframing, I realized that my stories are just like these trails. Some will be short, fun and sweet, and others will make you say, oh shit. I think today you'll get a little bit of both. Welcome to Introspectively Speaking. My name is Amber Lynette, and today I'll be taking you on some trails. The first time I realized that I came across as lacking depth was in my boss's office. We had just finished presenting a four hour long new employee orientation where we spoke at length about our company's cultural values, hardwiring amongst healthcare professionals that they worked in healthcare. They needed to actually care about their patients as human beings and not just their diagnosis, not just patient in room 405 who had terminal cancer, but patient in room 405 who was only 47, had two children, a husband, and so much life ahead of her that she would never get to live. We had to speak in a way that touched people and brought down their emotional barriers. My boss chose the tug at your heartstrings route, whereas I chose the disarm with humor route. She was depth, I was levity. She made people cry and I made people laugh. And both styles were effective. As a matter of fact, I want you, listener, to recall any memory that you have, good, bad, or ugly. Now, what is it about that memory that made you recall it in the first place? Chances are, there was a strong feeling tied to it. Elation, embarrassment, anger, or love. Whether you were laughing or crying, you remember it. So, when it came to influencing these healthcare professionals, some hardened by the nature of their work and 
others still emotionally available. I needed to learn how to balance my levity with depth. So she gave me feedback. I sat across from her, her brilliantly messy desk in between us, starburst scattered all over the place, ready to be chewed to oblivion. I was already critiquing myself. My transitions were clunky and my ending severely lacked action. If I remember correctly, I ended an otherwise good presentation by saying, and uh, yeah, so that's it. I cringed. It made me think of this time in college where I passed the buck on a presentation in a horribly impromptu way to my good friend Elena. It was the last day of class and we were presenting our kick-ass capstone project. We spent the semester doing a qualitative and quantitative research project on the differences between college-aged males and females, how often they participated in fat talk, and if there were any content differences. Both did and there were, by the way. As I approached the climax of our presentation findings, I got distracted by a smirk on my professor's face. It was an approving one, but for some reason, I blinked out. Without warning, I deserted my own words, looked at Elena and said, and now Elena will finish explaining. Cringe, cringe, cringe. Elena, if you're listening, I can't thank you enough for being such a badass that you didn't even flinch. Needless to say, I was still a developing public speaker. As I sat across from my boss, she told me that I lacked depth in my storytelling. And she was right. I had no idea how to exploit my own depth. It felt so inauthentic to me. Did any of those healthcare professionals really want to hear about how my mom was that patient in room 405, only 47, with two kids, a husband, and so much life ahead of her that she wouldn't ever get to live? And that we as a family needed the people around us to care. For the record, they did care. But I couldn't imagine unloading all of that on anyone, as if it was inconsiderate of me to share that story with them. And then the sting of feedback hit. and Maybe you can relate to that feeling. Did I really come across this way? No depth? Just a happy-go-lucky, always-with-a-great-attitude girl? Well, yeah, that is exactly who I portrayed on the outside. After talking about this with my therapist, I realized that my entire life, up to the moment I received that feedback, and honestly, long after too, I had always suppressed my feelings. At the age of 19, for example, I was somehow the rock of my family when my mom died. My sister, justifiably so, had an incredibly hard time coping with my mother's death. And my dad had it even worse, numbing his pain with alcohol. And me? I wouldn't dare cry in front of them because my suffering wasn't about to be an emotional burden on them when they already had their own shit to deal with. An energy sucker, I was not. So instead of showing my depth, 
I defaulted to humor. I even cracked a joke at the beginning of my mother's eulogy. That's right, I mic-checked 1212 to start my mother's eulogy. So if I lacked depth in my storytelling and leaned into humor, which I did, it's because I had never given myself permission to show my human side, the same side I was asking other people to show. You see, I live in my head and on the page. I've been a writer since I was about 10. I still regret ripping up all my childhood journals. I don't remember how old I was when I decided to rip and burn the many journals I kept, but I know that I felt embarrassed reading them. Some entries were about my crushes, others about friends, but the saddest entries were the ones where I prayed to God that my dad wouldn't drink so much at dinner that night, that hopefully we would have a good night where my dad wouldn't get obnoxiously drunk. My dad was an alcoholic, and because this is so like me to be sunny side up, I'll silver line his alcoholism by disclaiming that he wasn't a physically abusive drunk. He was a life of the party, inappropriate joking, and when it got really bad, self-pitying drunk. I want to be very clear though, he was still a good man, and I have many memories of him being a good dad. As a result of growing up with an alcoholic parent though, and this is something I discovered in therapy, children of alcoholic parents tend to suppress their emotions. And damn, this couldn't be any truer for me. I've conditioned myself to trust and burden only myself and my journal. A real dear diary girl. That's exactly why I'm recording this memoir-esque podcast though. Because somehow, by sharing all of these intimate details with anyone who's interested in hearing them, it makes me feel a little freer. It's your choice to listen. Your choice to decide if you have the bandwidth to receive the energy I'm putting out. But also because I'm certain someone out there can relate and I'm certain someone out there has been waiting to hear a story that sounds a little bit like theirs. And on the bright side, in spilling all of my own tea, I'm actually doing the things I love to do the most. Writing, speaking, persuading, creating. My dad used to tell me that I'd be a good lawyer when I got older because of how persuasive I was when I was little. Like the time in first grade when I debated for the first time. Can you believe I actually convinced my first grade classmates that whales should be bred in captivity? For the record, I was told which side of that coin I needed to be on, but still, my first grade opponent, Ashley, stood no chance against me as she pointed to a picture of a whale in captivity and desperately asked the class, does this whale look happy to you? To which I responded, of course it doesn't because whales can't smile. I guess I was a snarky little savage in the first grade, convincing other young minds to breed whales in captivity. I wish I could tell him that story. I know it would have made him laugh, 
But remember how he used alcohol to cope? Well, if you haven't guessed yet by the way I've been referring to him in the past tense, my dad died this past May from his lifelong battle with alcoholism. I told you, listener, there would be some oh-shit trails in this episode. And listener, if you can relate to having an alcoholic parent, I want you to know that I will have an entire episode dedicated to this. But for today, and as we come to a close with last thoughts on having depth but not knowing how to show others anything else, the lighter side of you, I leave you with these thoughts. Today, October 21st, 2023, I am 34 years young, parentless, and just finding the courage to share my depth with someone other than myself and my journal. So, Thank you to my old boss, mentor, and friend who sat me at her messy desk strewn with starburst colorful pens that I'd steal in stacks of papers. You know who you are. Thank you for planting a seed in my mind about what it means to have depth. And I hope you, listener, at the close of this episode, take a few moments to be introspective and think about your depth too. Like the popular TV series on MTV, Diary. What do people think they know about you that they have no idea about at all? Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Introspectively Speaking. If you learned something new, enjoyed the storytelling, or felt inspired by anything I shared today, I'd love to hear from you. And of course, rating and leaving a review is appreciated as it helps other people find my content. Next episode, I'm planning on sharing my specific experiences with both of my parents' deaths. I'll talk about regret, some weird spiritual things that happened, and touch upon why I think it's so important to think about our own death, as daunting as that might be. For now, signing off and sending you a big, big hug.